This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, John. Uh, we love doing general news and notes before we get to the mailbag. We do general news and notes on a uh, on a Tuesday edition of the uh, podcast here. So, what do you got for us, John? Texas are three and one over the last four games, and they're three and three for the first time since 2019, when they won their last AFC South title, beat Buffalo in the wild card game before spitting the bit in Kansas City. So the key is that team went 10 and six. Does this team have a chance to go 10 and six? And I went back over the schedule, and I, boy, I I can find 10 wins on that schedule what do you think okay well let's do this i like this hang on a second let me pull the schedule up here let's do this exercise because you and i do this before the season john so i like this that we're doing it now with uh with three wins already <clears throat> three wins already in the books and uh, a lot more intel on what this team actually is and maybe and obviously you and i are we're assuming health for cj stroud in any sort of analysis like this right john i know i absolutely am. I, you have to yeah, you got to. All right, so let's let's play this game. I'm going to let you do the honors, John. I'm going to read the games here, and you tell me, in the eyes of the general, where does this team <clears throat> wind up? They're, <clears throat> excuse me, three and three right now at Carolina. I think they'll win that one, be four and three. Home for Tampa Bay. Victory, five and three. Five and three. And then at Cincinnati. Lost five yeah, and four. You've already spoken on that. You've guaranteed a loss in that game, John, in the previous episode of the podcast. Hey, John, can I tell you something about that game real quick? Sure. We hit pause, five and four at Cincinnati. Um, let me see if this changes your mind at all, okay, about that Cincinnati game. Does it change your mind at all, John, that the Bengals are also on a bye this week? So they've got the same flow of the schedule as the Texans here. So they're going to be three and three coming out of the bye week. Does it change your handicap on that game at all, John, that the – Bengals' first two games out of the bye are at San Francisco 
and then home for Buffalo. Then they play the Texans prior to traveling to Baltimore and hosting the Steelers. Ooh. So on the on the front end, <laughs> on the front end of the Texans, you're playing two of the, I would say, five best teams in football, maybe six best teams, San Francisco and Buffalo. And then on the back end of the Texans, you're playing two division games, including a road game at Baltimore the very next week. I don't know, John. That's got a chance for me to be like the Texans being dropped into that mix, even though they might be five and three at that point. Sure does feel like one of these things is not like the other for Cincinnati, especially with at Baltimore sitting the following week. That's got look ahead written all over it to me. It does. And they could be beaten up physically. But as long as Joe Burrow's healthy with all those weapons he's got, I'm picking them over the Texans. Okay. But but you're are you still guaranteeing it, though, John? Sure. Okay. All right, so five and four. Um, then they've got three in a row at home, John. Home for Arizona. Victory. Home for Jacksonville. Now, boy, that November 26 game could be big, big, big. Texans would be they, six and four in the McLean book at that point. They own the Jaguars in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say that that Jaguar is going to win that game, and that'll make them six and five. Home for Denver. Victory. At New York, the Jets have been plucky the last couple of weeks. Watching the Jets, I've, I've had that as a loss all along because Aaron Rodgers, but watching the Jets' defense and the running game, and if Zach Wilson just doesn't beat them, I'm going to say they're going to lose to the Jets. Okay, so 7-6 and six at Tennessee. They're going to split with them, and they've been winning at Tennessee, and the Titans got big-time problems. They're going to win that one. They'll win that one. Okay, so you're going to – because they play Tennessee again at home two weeks after that. Yeah, so you're when they see those Columbia blue, they're going to see red. Okay, but that means they lose at home to Tennessee a little later. Right. Uh, okay, so you think they split those two Tennessee – in between they play Cleveland at home. I'm assuming Deshaun Watson's going to be back, and Cleveland also has a great defense. And uh, Cleveland won here last year, but, boy – I'm going to say they're going to lose here to Cleveland again. Okay, so you you've got okay. So let me make sure I'm counting this right. So you so they were five and four after Cincy, six and four Arizona, six and five Jacksonville, seven and five Denver. You have them losing to the Jets. You said right, John? Right. Seven and seven six. And seven. So you got them seven and six and seven and seven, and then you got them losing to Cleveland would be seven and eight. And then you've got them beating Tennessee. You got them winning one of those two Tennessee games, eight and eight going to Indianapolis in the final game of the year. And they'll win that one, finish nine and eight. Nine and so eight. Could, right. they, could they win 10? Sure, they could win 10 games. But those deep when they're playing the Jets and the Browns and their defenses are great right now, I think it's the great defense that will give them more problems than a great offense because this yeah. defense has shown it can play well when it has to. But And I just – you know, how many great offenses are they going to play? Maybe the Bengals if they're healthy, and that's it. I think you're giving Tennessee way too much credit. I think Tennessee by the well, end that's of the about year, John. Mike Vrabel. That's just I think Vrabel is such yeah. a good coach. They'll find a way to win. And I've got a great stat about Derrick Henry and their offense uh, in it coming up in a minute. Okay, sounds good. So nine and eight. That that that's where I've recal. I I I haven't gone through game by game like you just did. It just feels like a nine and eight football team right now. You know they 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 still got too many issues, John. They're you know not. I don't know if you have any of these in your news and notes. If you do, I'm hijacking them, but it'll give us a chance to talk. 
don't know if you've seen this, but like they're 26th in the red zone, they're 30th in yards per carry, and they're 30th in sacks on defense. Like they're they're at or near the bottom of the league in some really important metrics, which makes their three and three record right now all the more amazing. Like if somebody had told me back in July at training camp, like the first week of training camp, where we're watching CJ Stroud look like a rookie. If someone had said, Hey, guess what? At the bye week, they're gonna stink in the red zone. They're going to stink in the run game, and they're not going to be able to get the quarterback on the ground defensively. What do you think their record is? And I'm watching five. Right, I'm watching C.J. Stroud out here holding the ball way too long in 11 on 11 drills. That have been like, yeah, one and five. Yeah, they'll they'll win one of those games against one of those crap teams that they're playing. But that's it. And they're three and they're three and three, and they're three and one in their last four, which is the big thing for me. I love looking at it in four week windows like that. Like they're in the last four weeks, they're one of the like. Like it's an understatement to say they're one of the better teams in football the last four weeks. Like they're a re- the last four weeks, they are a very, very good football team. And they're one of only two teams in the NFL that hadn't allowed a fourth down conversion. Oh, um, next one, betonline.com, which we both get every week. Yep. Uh, CJ Stroud, they said, strengthened his hold on offensive rookie of the year. Yes. And D'Amico, this is interesting. When D'Amico on, on March the 21st, D'Amico, the odds of being coach of the year were 20 to 1. Mm-hmm. When he started 0 2, the odds were 40 to 1. Mm-hmm. And now he is number three at 7 to 1 behind Dan Campbell and Mike McDaniel. Who would you vote for of those three, John? Dan Campbell. You would? Like Dan Campbell. It, it, I think right now, the Lions are the most complete team in the NFL. I've got another note coming up on them, several notes coming up on them, but I think they're the most complete team. They're on a roll offensively and defensively, and I think uh, after watching Philadelphia get beat by the Jets and then the 49ers lose to P.J. Walker, I think it won't surprise me at all if Detroit doesn't end up with the best record, especially playing in a dog division. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, give me some of this Detroit, John, that you're promising me. Come on, give it to me. I give it, give it to me, Detroit Lion drug dealer. Give me, give me. The give Lions me have rushed for more than 350 yards in every game. Their defense is given. Wait, up. wait, hold up, back up, back up, back up. They've rushed. I'm for- sorry. They're the Lions have generated more than 350 yards every game. It's like, holy Thank you. Crap. I, have Jameer Gibbs on two, I have Jameer Gibbs on two of my fantasy teams. <laughs> that does not match the eye test. Well, they need him to play, and he didn't play, and they still won, beat, yep. beat up Tampa. And Aaron Glenn's defense, they've had 20 or fewer points for the fourth time this season, and they've scored 20 or more in 15 consecutive games. So they got it going on on both sides of the ball. Okay, so that begs the question, are Dan Campbell's two coordinators the hottest two head coaching prospects as of right now for the next non-retread, like non, like, you know, like Frank Reich, Sean Payton, like now I'm talking about first-time head coaches. Are Aaron Glenn and is it, what is it, Ben Johnson? Ben Johnson, who interviewed with the Texans, said he wanted to go back and get another year of coordinator experience. Yep. 
he'll be a head coach. And then Aaron Glenn got off to a slow start last year, and they were terrible early last year. Then they turned it around, and one reason was because of Aaron Glenn's defense had played so much better. And it's interesting because Aaron's got a little gray in his hair. Mm -hmm. That kind of makes him look a little wiser. And so I think uh, Dan Campbell's going to learn the price of success. And I think in another year, and D'Amico Ryan's is going to learn the price of success and lose Bobby Slowick. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of too. But are those, so you think those two Lion coordinators are probably the, maybe the Absolutely. two hottest coaching prospects. And it doesn't matter what retreads are out there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, – I'm with you on that. The Lions – I and I, you know what? Most of the time when the, you got these good teams like this, I root against them just because out of jealousy, if nothing else, because the Texans have been so bad the last few years. I can't bring myself to hate the Detroit Lions, mostly no. because – Mostly because I can relate to the Detroit Lions and their fans from the last couple of years with the Texans. I, feel I like think it's our a own. great story. More and more of their fans are going on the road. I love their blue uniforms, blue and gray. Okay, I got one more here okay. that is very interesting. Um, Derrick Henry, you know, he he how he goes, so goes Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's out with a sprained ankle, will not require surgery. I'm guessing they're going to go with Malik Willis over Will Levis, but it's only a matter of time before they play Levis. And uh, Derrick Henry, when he faced a light box in their game against the Ravens, that's six six or fewer, he had a 63-yard run. When he faced a heavy box, seven or more, he was 11 carries for 34 yards. So common sense tells you, when Derrick Henry is on the field, have seven or eight players in the box, and you got a really good chance of shutting them down. What you don't want to get is last year when you get low-scoring games with them and Vrabel's defense and their special teams keep those games close, and then they went on like a field goal. Yeah. But, man, they're in bad shape because Tannehill, who hadn't done much anyway, but Derrick Henry now with an offensive line, it's been terrible. It's been totally rebuilt. It's terrible. And it makes you appreciate the Texans even more. All those injuries they've suffered in their offensive line, they haven't complained about it, haven't talked about it, and yet they're still 3-3, three and 3-1 three, three and one in the last quarter. Yeah, that's why, John, that's why I think, I think the Titans are screwed if Tannehill is hurt for any period of time here. Like, I think the I, – there's a good chance of those two Titan games in week 15 and 17. The Texans are looking at, all due respect of Rabel, looking at one of the bottom five or six teams in the NFL. I think the Titans suck. Well, I think they will be, and I think they'll be playing Will Levis, but I just don't think they'll sweep them. That's why I think they'll go 9-8. and eight. John, if the Texans are playing for something and they lose to a team quarterback by Will Levis in the last month of the season, <laughs> it's a disaster. As, as it will be. Get rid disaster. of Nick Casario. Fire you're predicting he should have drafted Levis instead of Trump. <laughs> you're predicting disaster, my friend. All right, John, good stuff on the news and notes as always. It's always a fun spin around the rest of the NFL. It's good stuff.